0: Hello, I'm Oliver Renick. Welcome to Weekend Trader. I'm here alongside TD Ameritrade Network host Ben Lichtenstein to talk a little bit about the week that was and prepare for next week too. Ben, obviously for this week we got to start off with the big tech FANG earnings, no longer technically FANG on the acronym. That was a little news that got mixed in as well.
1: Yeah, Oliver, we saw a nice move up uh, across the board in the indices. Tech, certainly a focal point. We started the week out talking uh, big names, earnings, Microsoft, yep. uh, ended the week with Apple and Amazon, and on a bit of a disappointing note in terms of those individual companies reporting quarterly results, but the NASDAQ, the tech heavy index, FANG plus, able to uh, enjoy some gains here. And uh, well, we saw new all time highs in three of the four majors this week, the NASDAQ, the Dow, and also uh, in the ES.
0: Pretty amazing to see how even with FANG breaking apart a little bit, this market was able to find enough support from maybe other stuff out there. Some of these cyclical trades did okay. Nothing gangbusters in terms of like the big reopening optimism. We didn't really get that, but Microsoft and Alphabet alone able to help offset Apple, Amazon, as well as some of the dip buying as we got into the close of the week there for Apple, Amazon too.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Amazon uh, or Apple certainly uh, in terms of the services number is strong, but again, uh, a little bit of a disappointment, some concerns related to supply chain and the impact that that's having on them uh, in terms of uh, some of the other big names. Certainly, uh, there was a lot of focus on, uh, well, limited uh, uh, concerns in terms of inflationary pressures out there, um, you know, uh, really kind of weighing on sentiment across the board. but. Again, I think uh, a lot of attention here now on uh, some of these tech names and uh, the ability to see some follow-through at this point. Again, it's important to get into the new all-time highs, but uh, then we need to see some follow-through and we need to that hold these up levels big time.
0: Because as the chart master likes to say, Ben Watson, you draw lines on charts with thick markers instead of thin ones, right? And we're battling, basically, is the story here as we go into next week for the Fed. To your point, inflation hitting in line with the expectations as we got that number on Friday. Not a lot in terms of new economic developments. Our data kind of missed a little bit with GDP here and there, but we didn't get that type of explosive yield move higher to apply more pressure onto tech, at least not through that way. So you put all this together, and maybe you could lose a couple things and still see plenty of action for bulls here.
1: And still very supportive of uh, the trend that we've been seeing to the yes. upside, the rate environment, that is. Now, we did see a little bit of a reversal and a bit of a hawkish tone from certain central bankers this week, specifically the Bank of Canada. Uh, they actually cut their uh, asset purchase program a little bit more abruptly than intend, or than yep. expected. We heard yep. from the Bank of Japan they revised growth and inflation forecasts lower. This all feeds into the FOMC meeting next week. Mm-hmm. and and the
0: big job support, a major focal point. One of the most interesting moves this week was also in the dollar. Mm -hmm. It came generally in the last couple sessions where we got a big downside move in the dollar, which represented some rejection. We talked about this on my show a lot with you in the morning. A dollar rejection from those highs in the longer-term downtrend, but then just a huge ramp on Friday. The biggest move in the greenback on an intraday basis since the COVID crash early February 2020. So Ben, with this context, does that mean a little drama here into the (laughs) Fed? Because that dollar moves with commentary from central bankers.
1: It, it does, possibly, Oliver. And to your point, the move we saw on Friday from uh, that, those lows from Thursday around 93.20 all the way back up to 94.20. Now, Oliver mentioned, though, that we're holding below some key resistance up around the 94.50, 95 area. A big move lower this week in the uh, euro currency on Friday helped that dollar to mm. the upside. But keep in mind, some of the weakness we saw on Thursday in the U.S. dollar was tied to strength cur- in the euro currency after comments from Christine Lagarde mentioned some of the central bank activity. The ECB contributed to that. And again, keep in mind, though, the dollar coming off key levels around that 95 area, it's been very much range-bound over the Mm -hmm. last year for the most part, but in a longer-term downward trend. If this was a key area of resistance that just failed, uh,
0: then we could expect some momentum to the downside. I think the FOMC will be pivotal next week. This is so interesting because it's happening on the back this past week of news out of D.C. that they're getting closer to some stimulus and as we've talked about the dollar was really one of the most responsive if not the most responsive asset to stimulus during the COVID era with that dollar spike at the beginning of the crisis and then a crash right back down as we learned there was going to be a bunch of money pumped into the economy dollar kept making those lows to your point on the long term chart until this summer when we started Mm -hmm. getting some of that hawkish talk so it seems like with the dollar bouncing back on Friday. There's a real battle here happening on whether or not, even with another perhaps 1.7 trillion, if that dollar can resume that downtrend. You would think, given the stimulus, it might have that bias to do it but it's sure going to be taking some work, apparently. Yeah,
1: a little bit more hawkish tone uh, this spring, this summer, from uh, law, Fed, uh, Fed decision-makers, yeah. policymakers. but then also, as Oliver mentioned, lawmakers have been kind of struggling to get anything definitive laid out in terms of a plan, a stimulus plan. And ultimately, uh, we have seen, well, stimulus weighing on the US dollar. That's possible what firmed it up. Again, the real inability to come across now. I do think that we should buckle up and be ready for some intraday and some longer-term volatility here. And the reason I say that, is because central bankers had a very concerted effort effort in terms of uh, the the cutting and the uh, easing of some of the policy to uh, accommodate for the pandemic. But now as we come out of those conditions, we're going to see a little bit of a different scenario play out. For example, the Bank of Canada, as we mentioned earlier, uh, cutting their asset purchases a little bit more abruptly and sooner than we had thought. There's going to be a little bit of a shift here in terms of the FOMC as we cut asset purchases as well, but uh, far probably still Mm -hmm. from this point from a Rate hike. Yeah. So, as we're we not out cut of it this, off like the Bank of Canada no, did, doesn't, doesn't we know seem that much. much. That'll be a slower process. But as we climb out of this, expect a little bit of ups and downs in terms of the US dollar.
0: All right. This is going to be an exciting uh, next week, uh, especially when viewed through that lens of a market, maybe seeing more stimulus, but next to the tapering and unclear equation and net result for kind of liquidity in markets, right? That, that dollar can uh, represent. Now, the other one. It obviously remains very, very interesting is the move in Bitcoin, For Ben. Sure. And this week, ah, I wanted conclusion, but we didn't get it. <laughs> we got the test of the high, then we got above it, made that record, and they just kind of danced with it now for what, running like seven, eight days?
1: Yeah, failed attempt to break out. That was a high conviction move that we saw recently up and through the 65000 level, but it wasn't in terms of follow-through, a bit of a pullback. And uh, certainly not what we saw in terms of the risk-on type sentiment that was playing out as far as the indices. Bitcoin, again, recently pulling back. Now, what concerns me is that was an attempt to break out of a key area, a range that's been established, thirty-five to $65,000, we will call it. I always look at that area, that range is kind of random in terms directional conviction and price activity as long as we remain in it. The inability to see high conviction trade follow through in a new area of uh, value form at a higher level with that breakout, Oliver has me a little bit concerned. If we get back down below that, 55,
0: 45 level, we open up a door for a retest of 30 again. So because of the wild, wild range of Bitcoin, that's why we have to always kind of keep everything in the realm of possibility until you're clearly out of those technical Mm -hmm. ranges, Mm -hmm. right? Like we were just talking about the dollar, an impressive move since the summer, but one is still framed in the Mm -hmm. context of the long term, has not quite turned all the way around or reversed. Bitcoin moves so fast that we get even more kind of granular where looking at that range between 65 and 30 to the downside. Yes, we made that technical high, but we're still operating within this broad kind of field, this playing field of $35,000 range. So you have to be poised for big moves where Bitcoin's told us. If you do find support at sixty-five and this breakouts for real, then you know, put on your space suit because mm-hmm. it goes to the moon. But if not, we've mm-hmm. also seen that failure can be very extravagant to the downside volatility, too. Possibly a classic example of buy, rumor, sell, fact. It was some
1: anticipation the with stuff. the ETF, right? And limited ability to see continuation and kind of muster up or uh, produce more interest and more desire, so more demand for this. But again, as Oliver mentioned, the intraday is where we have seen some of the volatility. Still continue to see the large, wide-range swings, and it's difficult to tie this one to anything specific. but. Again, Again, uh, uh, this is a product that should be watched as well, mainly because, again, of uh, the most recent rejection of the upper level and, uh, well, that key area, that range that's
0: been established. Okay, so we've got charts that we need some conclusion in terms of whether or not they are reversing mm-hmm. if they're breaking out and it goes for the NASDAQ, it goes into Bitcoin, and then it also goes in to the dollar ahead of the next week Fed meeting. Okay, Ben Stein host of futures. I think we pretty much hit it all, getting ready for next week. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being here with us throughout the week on the TD Ameritrade Network.